And with me is Bajaya. Hi, I'm Bajaya, and I would not like to be in a backpack jostled around while Lyra runs around. No one wants that except Lyra. Uh, and Sarah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah. Don't lie to me. And or don't lie right to me. <laughs> oh. oh, damn. Hi, I'm Steph, and my sexuality is now Mrs. Coulter in that feather morning outfit walking down hallways. Yes, amen, amen, amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a lot of that, and it was very good. I was very okay I, with it. I loved it. I want only that. I question the utility the of the narrative. Was really good. Yeah, I was like, I questioned the useful narrative of it, but I loved the visualness and the... Well, well, we can we can talk about this later. This well, no, this is a perfect. This who doesn't Segway. want to start end and middle with Mrs. Coulter's outfits? Yeah, I have a yeah. It I, was there was I, a, quite a lot of that, but there it was also punctuated with the outfit, so I was fine with it. I do have a quick question. If we're gonna start there, um, sure, has right has I mean I, I don't know if this is the best place to start, but let's just kick off, I guess, with is this series or has this series always been i'm not i wouldn't say anti-woman but the series is not anti-woman just the idea of the magisterium and the idea of basically everything else been so anti-woman it's just it was so obvious to me that it was very much against not only femininity but like against powerful women in this episode that it was it was really stark because we had mrs Coulter, right and she was literally the only woman in this huge funeral i mean she did murder the person but we're not going to get into that right <laughs> or i mean she didn't murder them she just like she convinced man- somebody she, else to do it for she, her. she manslaughtered them is that a term yeah. we can say she manslaughtered <laughs> she, them she was an accessory so, before the fact yeah I mean, but, and so, but it was still weird that she was the only woman in that entire weird uh star wars sort of like palpatine you know conference yeah. there <laughs> And then, you know, we have a I woman mean, it's scientist. it's the Catholic Church. That, it's true. It's yeah. true. I was going to say, it's, it's just like a thing about religion. Okay. Well, it was yeah, a very direct one. It was a very direct one-to-one, and it felt very real this episode. Anyway, so that was my, my, my just, like, really quick hot take. But I feel like, Christina, you probably are better by walking us through the episode. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to have a hard time walking us through this particular episode, because it started in our Oxford and I studied for a while at our Oxford <laughs> and I miss it so badly. I put in I my notes that this and- episode was gonna like just gonna like happy trigger Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I just all I want is a mil- they have a milkshake place like two feet from where she was standing. I was like I want a milkshake but fuckers <laughs> Go just, I just want to watch Lyra eat a milkshake made with an entire well, package of hobnobs. Chris, that's what they do. Well, first of all, hobnobs are the best biscuit. Milk chocolate hobnobs are the best they biscuit just, and everyone else can go fuck themselves. They are. In ice cream. And then they blend it in the super blenders and then they hand it to you and you don't give them a lot of money for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and not and, even and, a lot of money. And I feel like British people, like, I mean, I think British people appreciate the hobnob, but I don't think they realize how truly beautiful the hobnob is like as a non as, as a british person it's simple it's so it's beautiful and ody and and like falls apart and all i want is that all the time and we just don't have that in america and I'm it's Googling just amazing this. um i mean i bought digestives to um I, like literally like uh, a couple weekends ago i went uh to a winery with friends and i brought a sleeve of milk chocolate digestives because i couldn't find hobnobs which are good I literally, they literally, they literally, they're not the same. It's not the same. They devoured them so fast and didn't, like, they had never had them before. And I was like, I couldn't find hobnobs, otherwise I would have bought them. Um, But I will say, uh, can I, hold on, can I tell you, hold on, can I tell you a story about my dad and um, chocolate digestive biscuits? Yeah, sure. I mean, I I will talk about biscuits all day. Okay. Um, so my dad has this, uh, habit of whenever we, his daughters like something, he just buys it in bulk. That's very sweet. I love it. Huge tin of digestive, like chocolate, uh, biscuits. And guess what happened? 
he had them worms all. in them. <gasps> no! no! They rotted away because he bought that huge of a tin. But okay. <laughs> that is too many. <laughs> That's but, too many. That was in Nepal. But keep talking about biscuits. But that, that's perfect, because Mary Malone also apparently bought too many biscuits, and they went stale, which, how do you do that? You have biscuits oh, in your yeah. office, and you don't I, eat them. And what British kind of people person eat biscuits all the time. Also, also, I just, how long does it take for a biscuit to go stale? A long time, because I, I will eat a semi-stale biscuit for a very long time after, and it's fine. Yeah, you just dunk I mean, that shit in tea, and it's good to go. Shit. Yeah. Or just say, you know what? How long did she sit there? She's either the best scientist, or like... Secretly an alien. She's, I think that's supposed to be it. It's supposed to be like, oh, she's, like, she's so absorbed in her work that she lets her biscuits go stale. Or she's from a I third world. Yeah, she's good in like some regions and then not so good at like paying attention to other things. So, okay. So then if we're talking about Oxford, I will say, so, um, Christina, um, I have only been to Oxford for two weeks. I, you, I assume I've been there for longer um, the museum they go to says Pitts River Museum, but that's just Oxford Natural History, right? It's yeah, the Pitt Rivers is the same. They're, oh, they're in the same. I didn't realize. I attached. didn't realize that they had the did same. Did you go name. to the park? I did. I have a picture. Did you go? I want to. Well, first of all, I have a picture of me next to a dodo, but I also have a picture of me next to a Triceratops, like sort of uh like yes. fossil, because I because I was because people call me Triceratompkins. Just because I have Aww. a very similar name. Adorable. But yeah, that's I was like, I don't remember it being the Pitts River Museum. I just remember it being the Oxford National History Museum. So um, I was going to ask you about that, actually. So you answer that question. That is, yeah. so, that is no joke, my favorite place on earth. If I could live in the Pitt Aww. Rivers Museum, I would. I went there all the time because it's a Victorian museum. All those cabinets that are like stuff full of mm-hmm. stuff. One of the cabinets has a witch in a bottle. They're just like, oh yeah, we found this thing and it, some guy said there was a witch in it and we haven't ever opened it. It's yeah, beautiful. Okay, next object. That, I favorite. love that shit. Yeah. I, like this made, yes. this made me miss museums so much. Oh my God. Like while, looking at all the people and the things and yeah, the weird things and shelves and cabinets and... Do you I remember the scene where Being she, around like, people? she walks past yeah. those, um, the like, the figures with the glowing eyes? Yeah, yeah what the fuck and was up like, with oh, that? Okay, so that's hilarious, because if you, if you go there, that's just their donation machine. Like, when you what? put a pound coin in, the little figures light up, and they, they shake a little, and then they bow oh, to you, God. because they're, it's like the ritual of the anthropologists. Wow, it's them oh, asking God. for money. That's it's, a, it's just a joke. It's, oh my god! Oh my I'm god. so okay, glad so that you I'm knew sorry. that because that is that is such like an in thing. That's I'm sure hilarious. all the British people were like, ah, ha, ha, ha. and over here I'm like, is that dust? It's so creepy, right? But it's not. It's like I have a postcard of it because they're like, we built this thing because we need money. Pay us for poor. <laughs> I de- it, I anyway, genuinely love uh, that though. That's excellent. But I will say that there was one thing. So in that moment, um, so we have Lyra obviously there, and she's just come from the um, that other world that I in my head it calls Sami shells because it just looks like it, but I don't remember what it's actually called. Chitagaze. Chitagaze. So first of all, first of all, I want to say. She tries to wear a cape, and Will tells her not to wear a cape. And I just want to say that no one should no. ever tell you not to wear a cape, because you should always wear a cape uh, if you want to wear a cape. Excuse me, Edna Mode. No. No cape. No cape. No capes. <laughs> From the Incredibles. Um, no cape. No oh, capes. I guess, I guess I don't remember also, that no movie. Because I've only seen the movie once, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh Edna can tell you not to wear a cape, I yeah, I personally I love capes, and I think Edna is wrong. And garbage for that reason because wow. capes are great. A bold stance. Uh, capes no, are people got super. Capes super are wonderful. Got killed because of co- capes. Yeah, yeah but, but capes kill. But also, I'm not a superhero. <laughs> Lyra is not a superhero. You know how many people got saved because of capes keeping them warm in the winter? Probably a lot more people than got killed from being a superhero. Sorry, Edna. Mm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so um, agree to disagree. Okay, I'm I'm okay with that because actually, well, nope, I'm not gonna say my controversial opinions about the Incredibles on this podcast. Um, so, 
um, so I, I think I think we can agree another to disagree episode. Is that <laughs> yeah. Oxford's also a college town, and if you saw a little kid wearing a cape, no, you'd be like, saying not anything. the weirdest well, thing today. That's actually I actually put a comment that said a kid having a ferret in their bag would not be weird to me. <laughs> not not even. I've seen yeah. I've seen so what about much the weirder? I've seen so much weirder around my around the corner from my house. Like I've seen crazy things. <laughs> Kids a are weird. ferret would not yeah. be weird to me. <laughs> what about the cape and the hat as a combo, though? But if that, it's a, if it's but if a it's lot. a kid, no. But if it's a kid, I'm not going to say anything about it. Like it's funny because my parents, so my parents watched the show, and my parents both were saying they're like, "Oh, Lyra looks so much like your cousin Kai. He's like so independent, does what he wants to do. Like my, co- I remember bringing him in when he visited me in Vermont." Um, I brought him into a bakery and he had dressed himself as a knight, but he had made his own armor out of cardboard and it was beautiful and it was incredible. It was incredible. I just feel like, and no one said anything. Cause he was he was a because t- it could be a TikTok trend and he could but have also, millions of views like but we also, don't, nobody knows. But also she's like what she's she's a kid. I'm never gonna if if a kid walks into a into a into like a, a the grocery store with a hat and a cape, I'm not gonna say anything. Kids get to do whatever the fuck they want to do. I'm jealous. But really. at the same. But at the same time, they are being followed by people, and that yeah. But here's they're, but, okay, they're but, legitimately being followed. But it here's was a like, rainbow oh, cape. But here, here's the thing, though. So um, I don't remember the guy's name. If it was, I wrote Montague Mercutio. What was his name? Boreal. Boreal. I don't know. I, I don't know. Why I thought it was like very Shakespearean. <laughs> I don't know where you got that from, but. Boreal, Montague. I mean, Shakespeare has said all those words. Okay, well, that's right. So I was, first of all, like, I think that he recognized her when she was wearing just, like, regular kids' clothes. So it doesn't matter if she's wearing crazy shit. I mean, obviously, we want to blend in, and that was the whole point of it, but I was still, I was still like, a kid can do whatever whatever they want, actually. How long was he staking out that hole? Like, he has minions. Why is he the one sitting in the car? You just know he that there are. Get the shit done. There are just jars of his pee in there, and it's like oh, it's oh it's like Taco Bell wrappers, so many, so many pee jars. This is why he can like he wears a suit, and you're like, oh man, he's super sexy. But then you don't think about the jars of pee in his car. Actually, to like, be oh, fair, like yeah. if if I came from Lyra's world and then I ended up in uh, our world, I I would just hit the fast food all the time. Like I agree, but you're coming from like. From like Eng- like old ass England where everything is fucking boiled meat and potatoes. Can you imagine and then Cadbury you could- bars as a kid? Suddenly. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like, I mean those milkshakes you were talking about. Not like- even not even just pub food. Like if you just wanted like the UK is KFC. Just going to a KFC would blow my freaking mind as yeah. as, Taco as, Bell, as, as like a twelve year old. Yeah. It would be crazy. Um, but, but, be, but yes. Boreal, Boreal, I don't have to make a note of that, but Boreal, like, recognized her even though she wasn't dressed crazy, right? He was obviously following her because he rolled down his window, which is the international sign of, I'm following you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I was like, it's a window. Do you need to roll it down to see in your rear view window? I guess, sure, whatever. Um, but I will say I that did. there's, oh, I just wanted to say, uh, I think the thing about the cape and the hat uh, of Will telling her not to wear that is, I think we might have talked about this in the last episode, but it's like a balance between their two characters and how it works out between their relationships. And I thought that was uh, really, and with the park, uh, the scene in the park when she finally says, tells him like the, about the alethiometer. Or when she like shows up and she's like all excited and she's this little kid and she just wants to tell him things and he's like, yeah. "Where were you? I've been, I've been waiting. From the cops. I've been waiting. Yeah. I mean, they both make dumb and decisions. They, yeah. Yeah, but they're but like kids. he's he's on the cusp of adulthood making decisions and she's like on the cusp of like nothing. Well, yeah, like when she when she darts out into the road after they cross the 
Oh my god. Yeah, and she gets almost. Well, I actually made a note about that because like that's the international sign of I'm in a different place. Everybody always darts out in front of a car. (laughs) It's just like it's just it's just it's writers. No, but it's like literally writers shorthand. I was like, really, we couldn't have come up with something better than that. And she said that a car. That's in the book too. I know, but she said cars are faster or are not as fast where I'm from, which is which is fair. Like you know, I, I mean. She's just judging a world by what she knows. So what she knows, and she's yeah. a kid, so it's not that it's not that irresponsible. Like me as an adult, I mean, I might react differently if I saw a car coming across the street and I thought I had more time because cars were that much slower in my time. I'd be like, you know what? I know I can cross now, and then is actually going 130, and it killed me. But you know, <laughs> but also. Will knew that she almost got hit by a car and he she's not used to this world. And then he's like, oh, I got to go see my mother. <laughs> well, because, again, Bye. And then just books bye. it. That's because he's like 13. He's like, he's a baby. Right? They're all babies. Like 18, isn't he? Oh, not that oh my God. even he's better. Shy of, he's any what better. What were you like 14. when you were 15? But I, I think that terrible. speaks to a little bit of what we were talking about before is like, he's, he's having to make these like very adult decisions, but he's not an adult. So like, he's having to do things like run from the cops and talk to lawyers. But also he's like, well, it's probably fine if I like, she's, she's like, he has no idea anything about Lyra. Like, she, for all the, you know, he knows that she's just gonna go run around, find a university and talk to like a scientist all day. Like, how much trouble could she really get in? Yeah. He's never so he's been responsible for an adult, his mom. He's never actually been responsible for a kid. Well, yeah. for himself, <laughs> right? So it's he's true. like he's that not is doing that yeah. thing that older siblings do, which is like, oh god, if I leave you alone, you're going to eat something and die. Well, and that's and that's actually what I was going to say in terms of like the difference between he and Lyra, even if there's an age difference. Lyra was brought up, and even if she's so smart and so precocious, which she is, right? Um, she was brought up in a place where even if, even if she wasn't brought up with her father or her mother, she was brought up in a place where there were adults who looked out for her and, and I, I don't want to say infantilized her because they did, I think they treated her her appropriate age. Um, whereas Will. Well, she's, she's sheltered. Right. She's sheltered. And, but, but I mean, is also like cared for. Whereas Will was brought up in a home where his father disappeared, which is kind of a weird point in this episode too. Um, where they keep talking about him disappearing or going missing. Um, and, and then having not only that, but having a mother who he as a child has to care for because she has a mental illness. It's not, that's not really in check. Um, and it's not necessarily fair to him, but it's, it's like, it's, it makes him more adult than Lyra. And I mean, he still makes, I think that that is actually kind of like a nice thing about not nice because him leaving her alone is not nice. But I think that was kind of a, a, a interesting thing for him leaving Lyra alone because even though he is the more adult of the two in a lot of ways because he's had to be, he's still a child. And I thought that was a really interesting, like, little tiny uh, effect. I mean, obviously it probably has to do with the book too, but I thought that was interesting. No, I like that. And I think it's um, a lot of the things that they're finally talking about in this episode, which I just flat out love the way that they are finally having chemistry the way that they're talking to each other is still like right on that cusp of adulthood too like they don't totally know how to talk about feelings they don't totally know how to tell each other the truth they like only admit things when they have to um and i just yeah, like, i just thought they doesn't the understand out why will gets upset when she's like yeah well, you're a murderer Right, don't, she, like don't. that's a compliment. Even though she's, and, yeah. she's she can't in a nice, she says him. in a nice way. I liked that. Yeah, <laughs> like and then he and then he's like, "Fuck you, I'm a go." And, and Pan is great. He's like, "Well, maybe you shouldn't have called him a murderer." <laughs> and she's like, "Question mark? Question mark? Oh well, <laughs> time for science." <laughs> well, and actually, like on the time, I just want to say how cute Pan is. So cute. Oh, how cute so Pan cute. is. Yes. The red panda again. You know what? And also, Pan, by the way, pro capes. So, I'm just saying. And pro hat. And pro hat. Mm -hmm. Um, Anti-backpack. 
I will say that I think that this episode, I really, I mean, I really, really actually loved this episode. I thought it was really um, well done in in a lot of ways. I I mean, I I made a lot of notes and like in terms of like chronology, there's a scene of the two witches talking sort of between um, Lyra. Oh, yeah. Going into the uh, the Pitts River Museum and um, and her being talked to by talked to by. Boreal. I don't, that's not the right phrasing of words, but whatever. Um, but I will say that speaking like, with a, Boreal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would think he's more speaking. To well, he's the one doing the talking. talking. Yeah, it's true. He's, he's it's more true. speaking to her. But I will say that like they're like the witch scenes were really beautiful. Um, and there was like this really beautiful like give these two willowy, tall, gorgeous witches and these like incredibly tall trees that are just like this beautiful parallel, parallel, parallel. It is just so incredible, and I just really appreciated the cinematographer in that moment um and thought that was really incredible and powerful but then we had lyra who i think she was in obviously in the in the museum and i do appreciate in literature when and i think and i mean again i haven't read this so i'd be interested to hear what you guys think i even if boreal is really creepy and i realize that this is a tool of a predator um I feel like this series continually has, you know, younger, younger children, teens who are smart and intelligent, who are talked to as if they are adults. And I think that Boreal talks to Lyra as if she's an adult, which is, again, in some respects creepy, but is also in other respects, like... He knows he's never going to lure her into whatever he wants her to do and not going to get any information from her if he's not talking to her as if she's an adult. And I appreciate people who talk to kids as if they are intelligent beings. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's totally fair. And I think that definitely one of the overarching themes of the entire series is that, like, cusp of adulthood thing. And I actually think the show probably does a better job of it than the book did. Um, and it is interesting that you mentioned it because now that now that I remember, like that scene in the book, he does kind of treat her like a little kid. Like if I'm if I'm like it's not quite on the same level. I, and it's been a little while since I read it, but just I think you're right. Like tone is a lot, and maybe it is just like the tone of writing versus spoken. Um, but yeah, like it's and and the um, the timeline of the book is starting to get a little fuzzy here and, and, and not in any kind of like major way that I'm like worried about by any means. Um, but yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think that is a, a good point. Like he, he wants something from her. And so he's like luring her with this like bait of like an adult conversation. And then you have Mary Malone who also has a very adult conversation with Lyra. And I guess does kind of want something from her in a way too, but it's, it's very different. Yeah, and actually, I, I actually made a comment. I mean, I thought the Mary, Mary, Mary Malone or Mary Maloney. Malone. Just like the, like the uh, cockles and muscles. Cockles and shekels and yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the, I was wondering. Or isn't that Molly Malone? It's Molly Malone, but in my that's mind, Molly Mary Malone's Malone, just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, the, I mean, first of all, I think that that's, that's, that's interesting to know that in the book it's a little bit different. Um, especially since like in the scene where she goes and sees, um, Mary Malone, I'm going to call her Molly Malone by accident. So I apologize. Um, I thought the woman, uh, the young girl, like the girl who plays Lyra was absolutely incredible in that scene. Like she mm, yeah, was, she has, she was. it was powerful. Like I, I was, yeah. I yeah. was so, so impressed in that scene. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, both, both of those kids are yeah. so good. Yeah. Both of the yeah. kids. All of the adult actors are gelling too. Like we have more time yeah. with it. Like what I loved about this episode is that it wasn't trying to tell us Asriel's story and Coulter's yeah. story and Will and Lyra and Boreal. It's like it was really okay, just, we got like, just one thing happening yeah. with Coulter two and, and a half stories. Like it was Will and Lyra and it was Mrs. Coulter and then there was like the witches and that was it. But that was that was that tied and in that and scenes. it was like such a relief. Yeah, yeah. it just. Yeah, it Maybe was. We got some awesome, it. awesome character development this episode from a bunch of like everybody who was on screen got got screen time and development, and yeah, like you said, like I really like this episode as well, Sarah. Like I, I think this was a great episode. This is a great second episode, especially like 
first episode, it was like reintroduced us to the world, brought in some new things, put out some threads, and then this season we got like some really solid, or this episode we got some really solid character development, and now we have this like really good foundation to spread out the rest of the season. I agree. Well, and then so then I mean, moving on from there, we had obviously we had the Lyra in the in the museum. We had Lyra going to see um, going to Mary Malone, which I thought was really powerful. But then it cuts to this trial of some sort, right? Where with the Magisterium, um, and they had a, some sort of character witness, uh, and he he mentioned the ritual with the witches, the ritual, and I, I don't. I guess I, I'm trying to remember if this man, if we had seen him before, because I don't remember seeing him before. Um, and if we had, like, why is he willing to talk about being raised by witches or being raised amongst witches? Um, and why why is he speaking to the Magisterium? I couldn't remember this trial or why this was happening. And I'm, I'm hoping for some clarity on that. And especially since he's talking he about the ritual the, being some sort of he was the demon ambassador. separation. Yeah. Steph, do you want to... You're nodding. I, I, just don't, <laughs> I, 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 I just don't remember. So, do you remember in season one, it was he was the first person they kind of talked to about witches, and he had the basement with all of the little um, twigs in the jars? Oh, yeah, which were the it's rosemary things. He took them from witches? Yeah. I thought, but he said he was raised by witches. No, they were like, they were like from, they were gifts or something. Oh, fine. okay. So, cause he, because oh. he's like half witch, so he was like gotcha. an, yeah, he was like a witch ambassador, so he was like an envoy from like the non-witch world to the witch world. Um, and as we learned in this episode, he is half witch. Um, but, uh, and I, I can't remember when, they, if they mentioned it, before, but basically there's no male witches. So male children just are regular humans. I think I talked about that when we were talking about Serafina and uh, Corn Farter's son. They they mentioned they mentioned in this they mentioned something about like witches only being feminine and then the Magisterium getting real mad because they hate ladies. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're, that's another like angle of that like misogyny like that uh, you were talking about earlier for sure. Like the idea of a bunch of very powerful women who are just happy to kind of do their own thing. Well, and straight up, and straight up, I one of the quotes, one of the quotes I I, I took from this thing when he was when they were um, this thing being whatever trial this was, was that essentially the Mestrium thinks that only they can know the mysteries of the world, and that meaning only men can know the mysteries of the world, which is disturbing to say the least. Yeah, it's it's definitely a control thing. Um, what what they were talking about about the ritual just. File that in the back of your brain. Well, they um, mentioned it was like they mentioned it was like a demon separation. Like they can they can separate themselves from demons, 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 demons without like demons. Yeah, so without, without, without 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 dying or whatever. So that's why yeah. the witch demons can go right so far from their humans. Gotcha. So just file that away in the back of your brain. Okay, like filing. it's not. It might not come up again for a long time. It might come up next episode. But it's it, that is an important piece of information to hold on to. Um, and listeners slash Sarah and Bajaya, uh, another piece of information to hold on to is that is where, uh, Will and Lyra were in the Botanic Gardens. And like, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, for me to say that, just hold on to that in your brain because, uh, I wouldn't even say it becomes important later, but it comes back later. Wait, where, where, that they were in the Botanic Gardens or where it specifically they were? Where just, they were sitting on that bench and she was doing the alethiometer and told okay. him about his mom. I'm going to have to remember that because I don't remember where they, yeah. exactly they were. So, like, it's... There's some, they, some they very framed nice foreshadowing well, in this episode. And they framed it well and subtly, I think. For for people who have read the books, it's immediately obvious what it is. And for the people who haven't, it's like, oh, okay, this is a nice scene. But it's the emotional core of when they start actually understanding each other and being honest with each other as opposed to being next to each other having adventures like this is one of the things that i love about these books is that they start out with this adventure mentality and like the books that you read as a very young child is just like let's go on an adventure and dragons and whatever and what it actually is is like this emotionally devastating journey about what it means to find your adulthood and where that where that comes from and where it's going I was thinking this episode, I was like, wow, like this, you know, this season already has such a different vibe from the first season. Like season one is very much like 
like kind of like your classic like fantasy hero's journey and this season is it's not at all like it's i mean obviously there's still fantastic elements and things but it's not like the classic uh kind of like fantasy you know pseudo medieval-y kind of um thing it's it's very different and, and i'm really enjoying it so far like what they've done with everything well, I mean, and then, you know, the next scene, the next scene that you have, or at least that I have notes on, is Will with his lawyer, which is, again, not a classic, that's not your classic fantasy, fantasy setting. <laughs> yeah, like, right? The boy, like, the boy with the lawyer. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was really, you know, that was kind of heartbreaking, too, because he's asking for money because he needs it because he has nothing else. But it's his. And it's his and his kind mother, of, I mean. Yeah. And you understand, like, the legality of not wanting to give, like, a 15-year-old money, but also, you know, and his mom not doing well. But then, also, at the same time, the lawyer offered up this information, including an address, about grandparents <laughs> yeah. in Oxford he didn't know he had. And I was like, how yeah. is this? I mean, obviously, one is money and not, but one seems very harmful and the other <laughs> seems... Only yeah. semi And that wasn't harmful. in the book, right? Okay. Christina's that was grandparents like... weren't in the book, but I, mean, I think, right? I don't remember them. I don't remember them do either. I... I think it was just a, it was an easy way of, like, translating that into that Will's whole day, adventure of a day into, like, one scene. And, like, to and also indicate that, like, secrets. Secrets. And to remind you also visually about his dad. I don't know British laws, but I'm pretty sure you're allowed to know who your trustees are. Right. Okay. And that's, and that was, that a, yeah. I was wondering that because I was like, can she just give him that information without it being Here explicitly? Anyway. Right. Oh, so she could. If, if you were in the US, you could just explicitly give that even if it wasn't like explicitly stated that she could tell well, him the Maybe. I mean, he should have known that they were his part of his trustees. It's weird that he knew about the trust, but not who was part this of it. This is not legal advice. Only heard. <laughs> I know nothing about trust, trusts and trustees. I didn't even know that that was a, I, I didn't even know if I'm part of a maybe trustee. Maybe it was something was, who was he learned. Maybe it was something he learned in the letters. Oh, yeah, the letters that he didn't want to give up. Maybe? That he murdered what? someone for. He only, yeah, he only knew about the... He just saw in the letters, I think, that he had a solicitor, not that... May, okay. So he showed up and he was like, mm. he's like, hi, give me shit. Help She's me. Like, well, I want money, please. Um, yeah, money, I, please. What, but is that also, isn't that such like, I mean, it's an adult thing because it, because that's the way our capitalist society works. Not going to harp on that. But is that like such a kid thing to think that like everything is really going horribly and your mom is crazy or your mom is in the very least needs help. Knee is has some sort of mental disorder. I crazy is not the right term, so I apologize for that. Um, and you think the solution is money, you know, and that you can just go to the lawyer and the lawyer will give you money. Yeah, it's just it's so like it's sadly innocent, you know. Yeah, um, and in a lot of ways, money would help him right now, but how would he know how to use money in this situation to help him? I wouldn't even know. He doesn't. Yeah, we could I mean, take Laura he... on a cape shopping spree, though. <laughs> Oh, montage, please. Woo! Um, anyway. Uh, but then but then at the same time you also have Lyra talking to the the to Mo not Molly Malone. See, I told you it was gonna happen. Mary Malone. <laughs> um and and I thought that actually I thought that that was, this conversation was really fascinating. It was really fascinating. I especially liked it when um Molly Malone's was like what did okay? If you know how to figure out things, tell me what I did before I became a physicist. And Lyra was like, "You got this, bitch." On it, <laughs> she's like, "You a nun, girl?" <laughs> before um, which, you lost which, your faith. Which actually, that was really fascinating because, um, you know, she mentions like, th I mean, this is this is sort of an extrapolation, right? But. But they're talking about is dust dark matter, and then she quotes Keats, um, who oh Keats Keats motherfucker I love Keats, um, <laughs> uh, but you, so dust is dark matter, which is original sin, right? So 
it's interesting because Mary says she became a physicist so she wouldn't have to think about original sin. <laughs> yeah. And then here but we then are it again. Comes, so I yeah. do like, I think that that's <laughs> comes like, right back around. Right. It's kind of like a beautiful marriage of, of like, I think, and I think that's a, I, I mean, again, as a person who never read these books, but Phil Pullman, like that seems kind of like a point of his is to marry science and religion in a, in a really sort of seamless way to say, Oh, you're religious and you think that that is holy and not scientific. No, no, no. It, it is scientific, but also at the same time, the science is divine. And I think that's really fascinating. I mean, maybe that's, maybe I'm just extrapolating that from their conversation, but I thought that was interesting that, that she was a nun. Yeah. It's like different languages for the same thing. Yeah. And like the, the idea that you can be a good person and be religious or not, and you can be a bad person and religious or not. And what actually matters is like the way that you treat children, the way that you like search for answers, the way that you look at the universe. And it's just like, okay, I'm on board with that. And so to be, to be like, I know this is splitting hairs, but like Lyra thinks that it's original sin because the magisterium told her that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a good point. That's a great point. And the physicist. She's not sure anymore. And so, like, <laughs> what even original sin means is not... Is not what we yeah, think it means. It, that's an excellent point. Yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting. So, she just, like, drops a lot on poor Mary. Like, she just walks into her office and she's like, yo, what up? You got dust at sin. Here, I'm going to mic drop my golden compass. <laughs> Also, you used to be a nun. Put your put me in your machine, girl. <laughs> I want to go to the cave. And also, I, Mary Malone, like, I know that it is the exact opposite in fashion choices as Mrs. Coulter, but her little Converse shoes are so perfect <laughs> for her character. I was yeah. just like, yes. Well, I also... She is, you're, she's excellent casting. Yeah. I will say that. Like, I, I, just, love... I just... I just wrote down, uh, can you imagine a random child coming to your office and spewing what you think is nonsense? <laughs> right? It, yeah, it makes her sound mentally ill, unfortunately. Yeah. And, like, it's a good thing Mary is cool, and then also Lyra has the alethiometer to back her up. Right, but I also think, I also think that there's, like, and obviously I think that I have a, I have a very um, sort of cynical part, uh, having worked at a couple universities, a very cynical part about the, you know, ivory tower. But at the same time, I think that there is this, um, I think that it had to sort of be a, a, a college, even, even, even though she's still obviously actively studying, she's a professor. Right. And I think that it had to be a professor or somebody in a, uh, learning setting who to listen to Lyra just because, I think there's an acceptance in listening. I think I do think that there is in this series, especially, but amongst hopefully learned people listening to opinions that are not yours and that seem crazy and that seem like from the mouths of babes, quote unquote, right? That are actually really profound or can be insightful in a way that you aren't expecting. And I think that even if she didn't think that that Lyra's going to say anything insightful to her, I think she was concerned about who this kid was who came to her and started speaking to her um, and wanted to understand her, even if it wasn't on a scientific level, if it was just on a personal level to make sure she was okay. And I think that that's, I think that that's not necessarily something that Lyra's always had. Cause I think that a lot of the people in her life take her for granted in terms of like her being a prophesized person or being a child or whatever and not taking her at face value and taking her, you know, I, I think that that was kind of an interesting take on that. I don't know. Maybe me just reading a lot into this. No, I like that. I like, and I like the point about like coming from the mouths of babes. Like I think the whole, the whole point of the series is not just like Catholic church, bad science, good. It's like, well, you need to listen to people who aren't like you. And that means young people. That means women. That means people who look different than you do, as opposed to like, I mean, how long has it been since there's been a black Pope? Oh, right. Never. Never? Um, Wow. I I mean, so like, yeah. Uh, but and it's not it, it's not to say that like yeah it, it's not it's not to create the false dichotomy because that's 
what the, the, the actual problem is. It's like the, the, the idea that you can make the cave computer work with the alethiometer or like with her, the I Ching thing is going to come up again. Um, it's like you, you have to try things. You have to try different things and you have to keep looking at them in new ways. And isn't that cool rather than isn't that terrible? Let's burn it. Yeah. So actually, I mean, that's a question I actually had was, I mean, first of all, I really loved the parallel and it's funny because I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, there's this parallel between his telephone, his like cell phone and the lithiometer. And then they literally drew that comparison like five seconds later. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I just like that. Like, different no, you things. thought of it first. I thought of it first. Brian and I were talking about how uh, the lithiometer is basically Google. Well, right, like, yes. I just, like, I mean, obviously she interprets it the way she does, but, like, he's interpreting his text from his mother the way that he is, and he's using his phone in a specific way. So I was like, oh, I kind of like that parallel. But um, but I was wondering about the I, I Ching or I Thing or whatever that box is. The I Ching. I Ching. What I is Ching. that? I don't know what that is. I, I know that she mentioned it because, well, they first of all, first they saw it in passing and I made a note about it. And then it came back when obviously um, Lyra had her was had her brain all hooked up to the machine, um, and she's like, "Oh, you need that box again, girl." And I was like, "I don't know what is it. Is it like in my head? I was like, is it mahjong? What is it? I don't know." <laughs> so it's a Taoist divination tool that either uses um, like sticks or stalks of yarrow. That's what um, or coins, and you. You toss them a certain number of times, and they come up certain ways, and then you interpret. Um, so kind of like kind of like casting of like kind of like runes or casting of of stone. Exactly like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like if if you look it up, I swear I guarantee you will like recognize the patterns because they show up all over. Like uh, on the, on the South Korean, Korean flag. yeah, the South Korean <laughs> oh. flag has uh, I Ching symbols on it. Okay, that's cool. So so basically, it's just like she was. She just had this in her, and like basically because it's religious. Well, there was like the the Korean sort of like flag in her in her um little computery thoughts. Yeah, that's that's the I Ching. Oh, well, technically the Korean flag is taken from the Chinese. I which assumed. Is, yeah. I assumed that it wasn't ironic, just but, from a flag, yeah. but you know. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, this book is about Korean national. Yeah, with like basically else. like the little I mean, like lines all around it. That's the I Ching. That, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I recognize it. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that that was what it was called. So that is my bad. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so it's, to be fair, it's not in Korean. So why would you know fair, that? Fair, yeah. I mean, I, and the main reason I know what it is is because when I was a, a hippie child, I got really into fortune telling and I attempted to do that for a hot minute. I mean, uh, we're the same person. If it, had been, if it had been tarot, <laughs> if it had been tarot, I would know, but that's not real. It's just. <laughs> I mean, I think you. I think exist. you could argue, though, that tarot is another way of expressing these kinds of things, right? It like is. The idea, it probably you know, just that... isn't as deeply rooted as like Taoism, yeah. which is like ancient. Um, I think. I'm sure, I think there's, I'm sure there's some down. tarot historians that are screaming at us right now, like, oh, "No, it's ancient!" Yeah. Oh, I would love so many angry. I would love to hear. No, I mean, don't be. That's angry. why we don't just, have an email or a Twitter. I just well, somebody can tweet at me. Comparative, comparative history of fortune telling. Hit me up. I would love that show. Yeah, I want to hear more. I don't about about it. Yeah, I want to hear more about it. Um, and then okay, yeah. so then we have so we have all that, which I thought was really cool because. Essentially, this whole episode centered around... I mean, Will was obviously in it, but for the most part, it centered around three women, which was Lyra, Mary, mm. and Mrs. Coulter. And I thought that was so cool, especially since you have the magistrate mm-hmm. of the whole episode talking shit about women, and I loved it. Yeah. Not, not the shit about women, but women being the center of this whole, you know, intellectual renaissance in this, this episode. But we do have Will... Um, and he's talking to, um, Lyra and hot priest is still alive is what I wrote. Yes, he is. This seems to be the case. Okay. Well, I'm waiting. I mean, I love all the women, but I will take hot priest. Um, but then also also they said, Will is connected to, to, I wrote Gatsy, Gatsby. What is this? Gatsy? Am I making something Uh, up? Oh, I Oh, Sitagatsi. It's the, yeah. it's Montmartre, the, the Ch- thing that Ch- you Ch- keep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, and that's why they burned it at the end. 
No? No, they, they burned the witches, like, uh, their home or something that oh, was yeah. special yeah. to like yeah. conclave area. Yeah. Oh, in my mind, that was what, really sad. It looked like it was, and sad, I just but, said open war question mark. But it looked, yeah. it looked like now, they were burning yeah. the. It looked like they were burning the the city, and they were watching it from afar. Oh no? uh, yeah, a different pointy landscape. I guess that would have been confusing. Uh, yeah, that, that I, I thought that, it was, that happened it in was, the dark. Okay, I thought it was. I think it was yeah, just not hills. That, no, that's on them. Okay. And I also I also wrote uh when the doctor was getting questioned and the one dude that stood up and wanted to ask him questions, um, the spider demon was kinda creepy. Yeah, that whole scene was like ugh. Yeah. Wait, is that where he Did burned, not want is that where he burned himself with a candle? No, that, that was, was the uh, that was after. Yeah, later, yeah. This was the uh, the witches. The one who was gone. like, "How could your fa- How could your? How could a woman leave her child like while oh, yeah. staring at Mrs. Coulter?" Yeah, and she was like, "Watch and- me!" <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "Fuck you! I I do not give any shits. I'm about to control the fucking cardinal. So fuck you." I also liked when she uh, talked to the cardinal, and cardinal was like. I'm going to do what I do. And she was like, (laughs) 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 fuck you. No, you're not. About that. (laughs) Yeah. No, okay. I I, I feel a lot more sense instead of the Gatsby. Legazzi. Okay. Legazzi. I also still don't like that the police use the dogs as their demons, but you know. Yeah. It's a little, I mean, and they're a little bit, it's a little bit creepy, but I get it. Um, oh, question. Um, I need you to remind me of who Thorold was. He was uh, in the Asriel's prison. Asriel's assistant. Okay, because he was in the prison cell and Mrs. Coulter goes to see him. Yeah. And I don't remember what he did. Yeah, he was the other guy that was up in the lab in the north with Asriel. Okay, so he just helped Asriel in his in his northern lab. Yes, he's, he's his manservant. So... Yeah, he's not super critical except to give plot relevant information yeah i didn't i didn't realize that mrs coulter didn't know where lyra was at all like i like i didn't realize that she didn't know that she had gone to the lab she didn't know that she had gone through the portal like any of that so like oh shit okay yeah yeah it only made sense in retrospect just like oh you lost her at the lab and then you were like yeah makes sense forget it yeah there you go Gotcha. I'll just forget about her for like six months. Because I, cause I yeah. recognize his face. I just couldn't remember what he had done. Um, so I didn't realize that that was that. Um, I then- still hate the golden monkey. Fair. Yep. Yeah. And then also, if the cardinal is so important, why is his room so scant? Well, that, uh,. I think it's meant to be like a like a monkish thing, right? Like they're supposed to be like, uh, not frugal is not the word, but like austere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, and like, especially with all the the brutalist architecture and relinquishing right, sort right. of all possessions. I actually was going to ask, like, yes. when they were in that um, in the sort of you know court or whatever it was, um, whether that was all just CGI or if that's an actual place, because it was really austere and kind of beautiful. How does he have- no and idea. scary, and I kind of was know. like, I was like, that's a really incredibly um, beautiful, but also um, I feel like of, that is a set that HBO made. Probably, I, I mean, I'm sure it is, but I just like it felt so real. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, it's looking, probably based off real places. I mean, obviously, looking, it might be, it might be somewhere. I have no idea. Obviously, looking down, I tend to on avoid brutalism as a. As as a general rule, I live in D.C. You can't avoid brutal, brutalism. Um, <laughs> that's all that all of the government buildings are. Um, but looking, d- I mean, looking down on all of the uh, people on the court or whatever, it was just like I was like, man, I'm getting some real Palpatine feels. This is some real, uh, uh, oh yeah, Warzian feels. Yep. Well, not even yeah, just because so it was like it was like even the shape of all of the like people sitting there in their in their council. Yeah, the, or the robes. Yes. Yeah, instead of space Nazis, it's church Nazis. Yeah, if last episode was Harry Potter, like this is Yeah, you kinda I guess that I guess it's all shorthand for Nazis in the end, isn't it? Authoritarianism 
authoritarianism is very organized and religion and, 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 and brutalist. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I made a note actually, in which that we actually already just um, talked about, which was I was genuinely confused about. I said I'm confused about the bombs in Saint Michel, which is I couldn't remember the name of the Legat uh, Legatsi was. Actually, I said, I said, is it important? I wrote, is it important to the witches, or did they just think that Lyra and Will were there? Because I thought that maybe they were bombing. Because I thought that Lyra and Will were still there, and thought they might kill them. So, um, so I guess that that's not what was happening. I guess they just wanted to hurt the witches, which is very sad. Kill the witches, yeah. Um, and then I made a really seeing them, seeing the witches so sad made me really sad. I was very sad. Yeah, I did not like it at all. So good for like a thirty second scene. Like it packs a lot of emotion in. Yeah, yeah, I did not like that. Uh, and then I made a very pedantic note that uh, Mrs. Coulter says that there are a myriad of universes, and you don't need to see it of, you don't need to say up, just myriad universes. But um, <laughs> ugh, it makes me crazy whenever people say myriad of. Um, but all of this to say, um, so obviously Mrs. Coulter has just learned that Lyra is in a different world, and I'm assuming is going to go searching for her. Um and that there are many, many more worlds just beyond this one and the alternate one that Will is in. Um, and kind of wondering myself what that means for the rest of the series. Indeed. She, I don't, so I haven't read past this, but I want to say that because um, that dude that was sitting next to her, she's been, he has been in the other world. Mm-hmm. So maybe Bo- Boreal, he Montague. could help her? Yeah. Boreal knows where Lyra is. Montague, Martial. <laughs> I don't. I don't Morial. know why I called him Montague, but I think his first name might Montrell. start with M. I think I made it up. Montel. I think I'm, I think I'm dumb. Don't oh no, it's Carlo. It. Never mind. His name is because <laughs> he actually talked to her, or maybe he will. Yeah, they were talking to each other at the at the service where they where the guy was. Where they were at the, right, um, so maybe thing. he could even either help her or so I, I think they're it's bros still, to I a will say extent, it's yeah. still not entirely clear to me why. Well, okay, so two things: it's not entirely clear to me why Boreal is is still looking for Lyra, and two, if Mrs. Calder just learned that Lyra was in another world, why did she, Boreal not? If if he's not connected to her in some more significant way why did she not know from boreal that lyra was in another world because he obviously knew a long time she... before no that I is think an maybe... excellent question mm-hmm. um, oh. no it is it's an excellent question i i think maybe tell you okay they know <laughs> okay we don't know i think maybe he was trying to work for her or with with the magisterium but then that he was just like nah i'm just gonna do this for myself because even in their conversation they were not talking to each other like so, that well. so you're saying like he's he's he uh he will only give up information he's doing this for himself yeah he's in i mean that mm. makes that makes sense he's in it for himself but yeah it is interesting that they have some sort of rapport. I don't know. I'm curious. Why, like, I, I feel like he could have gained... I feel like if he's in it for himself... I'm not saying he's not, because I do think he is. But if he was in it for himself, why he wouldn't have figured out a way to leverage knowing where Lyra is to his advantage over Mrs. Coulter. I would think that he so needs help from her because she has a lot of leverage with the higher ups. Right, right, right. But, but that's what I'm saying is like, why wouldn't he have told her he knew the liar was in another world? Why did she have to find out? Well, I think that's what we need to find out. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um. Anyway, that's those are those are my overall questions and thoughts from this episode. So I don't know, especially for people. Stephanie, Christina, um, who have read this, like, how did it compare to what you'd read and what are you looking forward to? Or, you know, like, I don't know. I, 
I guess, how is it tracking um, and how is it progressing in terms of where you would expect it to be at this point? Although I guess there's no real like one-to-one equivalent because you don't have like a book by book per episode per episode thing, but... I mean, like, honestly, I think it's progressing really well. Like, I, the pacing feels really good so far. I am really glad that they put a lot of the Will stuff last season because it probably would have actually really slowed down um, the beginning of this season. So I think the pacing is great so far. Um, And yeah, I've been really, really impressed. I think, like, um, especially the kid actors have, their acting is stellar. And yeah, no, I'm super enjoying um, this season so far and the translation from book to film. And I think, like like I said last week, I think it's, I think it's the weakest book, but I can see it translating well to screen. And so far that I think is, is paying off really well. I think a lot of my love for the series comes from the first book, but that, as we've said a lot of times before, it's just hard to adapt. You have to explain so much to audiences that gets explained very succinctly in writing. Um, and that's not the case here. This is, this gets to be the kind of story, like, it's funny that you mentioned Palpatine, because, like, the Star Wars, like, that scene from the Star Wars prequels, like, the Star Wars prequels really wanted to be a sophisticated political commentary, they and were actually were bullshit, no. yeah. Yeah. but, like, they were not. this actually, like, there are machinations going on. Mm. There's like a war because a person wants a thing and this can't have it. And, you know, there are a lot of personal and political like impetuses that are just like naturally opposed. You can't, mm. you get, you get so much more drama from that than forcing like, Oh, there's a trade agreement. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them like to seeing like really confident, capable writers who don't have to keep explaining themselves finally yeah. get into like the politics and that'll be really fun yeah, I hope. We, yeah I, I we're kind of at a point where we le- we're learning things as the characters are learning them like yeah. there's still mysteries but we don't have to learn a whole world right exactly or we have to learn a world along with the characters in the yeah um, and I think I I really am curious to see how you guys are going to react to some of the stuff that happens in, like, Jitagaze is going to be way more traditionally fantasy-esque in a few episodes. Oh. So I, I will, have, I, I'm just curious. I have a week to read book two, the finished book two, so. I mean, I'm ready. I mean, you don't have I'm, to. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for whatever weird soulless zombie, uh, you know, uh, creations that they have i'm into it and i like the new introduction with the cool escher-esque uh staircases totally into that continues to slap yeah it's great the theme song is the theme i guess not it's song i guess it's theme song that seems like a sequence seems like underselling it whatever the the yeah uh, intro the main theme for the show is great um but love the new escher-esque uh staircases going either way i think it's cool so i i don't know i liked i liked um, what we saw of it so far even if there's those weird um weird creepy kids who kind of look through you <laughs> lynn is gonna be in the next episode multiple yes. times so what is he doing did we see him last episode we saw him last episode for five seconds right briefly like he's, very he's shortly looking for uh well is he have still? His, I can't remember. Has he? Have they said who he's looking for? I can't remember. No, they, he's okay. just like, oh, we have to help the child. They yeah, keep referring I think the witches told the child him. like they twenty year olds. They yeah. can't like Baby Yoda. They can't. Well, they also can't uh, reveal her identity. The witches are like, said, thank God we didn't say who she was. <laughs> like I mean, they, yeah. wait, wait. But, like like they couldn't find out. I feel like that's pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. But it's also like I don't know. I mean, Boreal already knows. All these, all these. It's it's not it's not the it's not Lyra. It's if you remember, um, the tortured witch was saying that Lyra has another name. That is the name that is secret. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought I thought they kept calling her a child, so I thought the other name was Lyra. So did not know she had another name. No, there are. She has two names. Is it Will? It's Lizzie. <laughs> it's Lizzie. 
I mean, you know. Uh, anyway. I, I think that uh, that's all I got to say. Really, are you guys, where, where are you guys at? Yeah, yeah. I think it's let's no, do I feel, like, I feel like let's do some demons. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to go first though. I'll go first. I will be the tarantula that was on that dude's shoulder because I just want to creep people out so they don't <laughs> argue with me so they can creep onto them. That's my demon. Okay, I am gonna give this episode. A giant tortoise because it was sturdy and hefty and it, it kind of stayed in it, it didn't go many places but it was still very good I'm gonna go equal and opposite to stuff uh, I think this episode was an albatross it was <gasps> it was oh, sturdy goodness. but it hung around really your neck flight. like a curse oh it, right, it has a it has an ominousness, like exactly. <laughs> and, but it's like it's also like it's there. It's watching over everything. We got to see a real view of like everything that's going on finally. And I just I just really loved being up in the air with this episode. It's like, oh, it's gonna have a next. Um, I'm gonna give this um a mermaid, which I know is a person and not an actual animal. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I'm at. Uh, because explain I- yourself. Well, I really felt like this is the first, to me, this is the first episode I really felt, like, truly invested in, in a weird way. Um, Like, the first season, I was trying to, like, learn everything and get all the terminology correct. And the first episode of this current season, I was trying to remember what happened last season. And then this episode actually felt like I was on the journey with everyone, so I, it felt like I felt adventurous, but then I also felt like this was where all of the, like I said, the ladies were taken off and kicking ass. And even though they were doing the thing that they normally did, which was like, you know, like not necessarily, it, it, I mean, I'm not saying effeminate, but at the same time, it was like Mrs. Coulter was still being Mrs. Coulter. Lyra was still being Lyra. Uh, Mary Malone, who we just met, was being Mary Malone. It was just like all these ladies. Molly being- Malone's. Molly Malone with their cockles and muscles was still they were all just like being badass not sirens but like in the ocean swimming along doing what they did without any apology and I know that this doesn't truly translate but in my mind it translates as like this sort of mystical being that also encapsulates womanhood and that's kind of how I felt like this episode like sort of resonated with me I love it can totally I change convinced. mine really fast? You no, want to be not allowed. Not allowed. I want to change mine to the three ghosts behind Christina. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like they are yeah. haunting me, but mm-hmm. also protecting me at the same time. <laughs> and this is... That's 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 my feeling for this and episode each, right And each, each one of them is like, the tiniest one is Lyra... The middlest one, <laughs> the middlest one is uh, Miss is Mary Malone, and then the the biggest, the tallest one. I should not say biggest. The tallest yeah. one is is uh, okay. Is but Mrs. who's this man though? Who's the no, man? Don't worry about the man. Just there's only you only need to worry about those three. There girls. are no men on my wall. Please. Who is that? What? The one on the left or the right? Right behind your head, Christina. This one? Oh, that's a woman. That's Demeter. Not that one. The other. The other side. The oh. other side. That one. This one? Yes. That one? The my finger's pointing to? The one She's next to the, the three ghosts? Bigger one. She's this just one? the haunted yes. Victorian ghost. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. I only <laughs> see one person. Well, maybe your brain is broken. I can't tell. See, why. it's like that is one a person. bunch of people in a circle. It's just the outline. They're 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 gathering around yeah. to to conjure something. I'm having trouble seeing what it's, you're Yeah, about. don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, the, I, I mean, don't want if, it. If the podcast audience like can hear it. Look, here. It's just a beautiful. Terrible radio. It's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful circle of women who are conjuring, I hope, a curse against uh, the magisterium of men who don't care about women and should die of syphilis. And they might. Spoiler alert! Oh, I sold it, guys! I love the specificity of that. Well, I just figured they were religious Wait, Vijaya, are you going to change it to syphilis? You could change it again. 
change it to okay. syphilis. I don't want it just syphilis is a I bacteria. I think it's technically a... the the witches. <laughs> I do like the witches. Syphilis well, is like a curse. It is. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying, don't let your nose fall off or your brain get tunnels. That's right. Or you shouldn't fall okay. off. Free advice. Spot. We may not free. be lawyers, but you can take that advice. <laughs> yes, take that. Free medical advice from four definitely not medical Don't get syphilis. Anyway, that, right, those are all my thoughts this? on this. Yeah, this is all my thoughts on that. Because yeah. I have to make a cheesecake tomorrow. Ooh. It's going to be terrible. All right. Let's, let's all close right. this down then. Um, Bajaya, where can people find you? Hi. Uh, you can find me at Ethnic Ninja, and I'm also a co-host at Ethnic, or not Ethnic Ninja. <laughs> I'm also a co-host at Potter Pod and Winter Crest Pod. All right, Steph, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Steph O. Kingston, and I am also on Love to Hate Podcast, SHU Podcast, and the Geekly Inc. Random Encounters Sailor Moon Podcast Woo! with Christina, and we should Woo! have a new episode soon. One to eight months. Woo! No, I'm not doubting your editing. I'm doubting. We actually recorded it. I just haven't done anything with it yet. That's fine. But also, Uh, we're in quarantine time. We're also in quarantine time, so that's true. Who knows how? But also, eight months could be two hours, could be eight years. Who knows? Uh, You can find me. (laughs) You can find me at her lady Tompkins, and I'm also a co-host of the Potter Pod, your Wizard Harry podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Girl, and obviously on the Sailor Moon podcast that I've just disparaged despite being on it. So <laughs> that's fun. And thanks for listening, guys. Uh, tune in yeah. next week when we talk about hopefully Lin-Manuel Miranda, if not mm-hmm. Lord Ezreal. Oh, my God. Oh, I where is Wait. James McAvoy, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Uh, I'll take Lynn. I'll take Lynn. Uh, I'll take Lynn. <laughs>